The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Gutting the sacred cow fans? Assemble. Hey, how's it going? We're back. Kevin Goatee here. Brand new week. Brand new episode. This week, we've got Jay Black taking down an Oscar winner, 1999's American Beauty. Before we get into it, do not forget guttingthesacredcow.com every day. We're giving you tons of free content that's pretty darn funny and or cool. If you want to advertise with us, guttingthesacredcow at gmail.com. We'd love to help you build your brand. Most importantly, thank you all for being friends and friends and dropping nice notes in those five-star reviews. Again, it means the world to us. Thank you. Without further ado... Here's Jay Black doing American Beauty. Gather round, here's what I know. It's just that this cow has got to go. I know some people kind of like it, yeah, it's trending right now. Yeah, that doesn't matter because we're good. You call this a glitch? Hmm. I know this. Yeah, you do. I know this. Yes, you do. Fuck. It's you want to say the Matrix, but I know it's not. What right genre? I, a glitch. I know this. I just can't think of this, but I know it. Go ahead. 1987's RoboCop. Oh, yeah. Wow, deep cut. Love RoboCop. Kevin Goatee, Kevin Israel, here we are again, back. You like our new setup? It's full of light. We have a ring light and new mics. We're hot shit. Here fancy, we are again. Gutting the sacred cow, and we're back again. Thank you so much for jumping on with us. Another episode. We hope you're enjoying all the other ones we have out there. Karate Kid, Die Hard, Footloose. Ooh, These are getting... These are getting some hate mail to our guests, not us. We're 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 infallible. I think it's love hate mail. Yeah, a lot of what the fucks. 
and a lot of what the fucks when you hear yeah. that. We are joined tonight by Jay Black himself. Jay. <laughs> Not, I, nobody else would want to be me. So, yes, <laughs> just just me and myself. How you guys doing? Good, Jay. How Fantastic. Are you? How many times have people told you you remind them of T.J. Miller? Uh, so it depends on how much weight I've put on. And yes, what, Big Fat Jay, which you're currently looking at, gets a lot of T.J. Miller. Skinny Jay gets a lot of, like, middle-aged, paunchy Tom Hanks. So right now, post-quarantine, yes, T.J. Miller. Uh, three to four months from now, I'll get Tom Hanks. Maybe Colin Hanks when I was younger. Then even when you lose more weight, you'll be T.J. Hooker. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I would hope that I would be able to make some money on the market. That's either what I, why else work out unless you can get a little something back in return? You ain't kidding. The T.J. Miller lookalike we're talking to right now, Jay Black, has decided to choose a film. This is probably our second most, the second, excuse me, second critically acclaimed film we've done in this podcast, Kevin Israel, and that is American Beauty. A box office in 1999 of $15 million, a haul of $130 million, 2021 money, $23.8 million budget, $206.6 million haul, nearly 10XROI. That is not too shabby. No, it is not. Jay, before we get into it, why don't we start off by asking you, where can the good folks at home find you? What are you up to? Tell us about any projects you've got going on before we get into the nitty gritty. So, uh, yeah, the biggest one is just Twitter. Jay Black is funny on Twitter. It's J-A-Y-B-L-A-C-K-I-S-F-U-N-N-Y. That's where all the news is going to happen. My website is a little moribund until the plague is over. So if you (laughs) want to hear, like, my funny ha-has, go check me out there. And then go to a thesaurus and look up Moribund. Oh, yeah. Well, it's uh, not uh, not Broderbund, uh, which was uh, uh, if you owned Print Shop in 1986, you had a Broderbund product. Jesus Christ. That is an esoteric reference. Now I'm tumescent. <laughs> Me too. That's why I'm TJ Hooker. Eight. So we have the IMDB scores here, Kevin Israel, as we know, is a 1 through 10 scoring system we're gonna allow actually we're allow our guest jay black to go first jay what do you think american beauty got on the old imdb i'm gonna go seven nine seven point nine kevin israel no i'm going way higher than that i'm gonna go a nine one eight three Oof. closer closer <laughs> and by by price is right rules i just won thank you, you. Did. good night you did <laughs> Rotten Tomatoes, as we know, a 1 through 100 score. Critics, Kevin Israel, what did the critics give American Beauty? I'm staying high, 92. Jay? Uh, I'll go 86. 87. Oh, god damn. I should do this professionally. Can you get a job just guessing (laughs) tomato meter scores as as a living? Yeah, it's called being on the Adam Carolla podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Jay, what did the audience give American Beauty on the old Rotten Tomatoes? I'm going to go higher, but not much. I'm going to go 89. Kevin Israel? I'm going to go lower. I'm going to go 83. 93! Wow, that's shocking. Higher than the critics. I'm really surprised. Quotes? I'm missing the James Bond marathon on TNT. (laughs) 
I'm the best piece of ass in three states. How has that one not been thrust into our lexicon, especially <laughs> when talking to ladies at bars and clubs? I'm going to bring that one back, Kevin Israel. I have no shame. I have it. I have it tattooed on my lower back. What? That you are missing the James Bond marathon on TNT? That's on the. That's actually below, I above see. his best piece of ass in three states. <laughs> so depending on where your interests lie, I'm good either way. Kevin Israel, what quotes jumped out at you? Um, you didn't screw up once. <laughs> which was something my mom would say to me after pretty much everything I did as a kid, which explains <laughs> how I ended up the way I am. Never underestimate the power of denial. And please don't fuck my dad. Why not? <laughs> Things you wish your daughter would say to her friends. Jay, any quotes jump out at you? Uh, I mean, once you get past, please don't fuck my dad. I mean, where else is there to go? <laughs> Uh, down. <laughs> I'm trying to think. Oh, uh, there was a lot of. Well, no, I'm not going to do the quote because it uses uh, a lot of language that we don't want to use. I believe this is the only movie that I've seen in a in a theater in 20 years that uses the c word. Like just yeah, un. You can, you can say it. Go ahead. Uh, no, no, my wife might see this and then I'll be yeah. in trouble. In <laughs> fact, just thinking the word, I'm worried somewhere she's like, "Ooh." I'm going to have to yell at Jay, and I don't know why. It'll be like the Thundercat signal. She'll just be like... Yeah. Her it, eyes it, turn <laughs> yellow. <laughs> in fact, if you just take the UN from Thundercats and put it into the A in cats, you get to where I'm going from. She has such an aversion to the word cunt. I'll say it because I'm not married to your wife. She has such an aversion <laughs> to the word cunt that she's going to get a all Wolverine, a Lady Deathstrike claws out. You know, I've only ever used that word on stage once, and it was by an accident. And uh, I was performing in Vegas, and there was a woman who was heckling the whole time. They were heckling the opener, the middle, and then I got up there, and the whole time she was talking about her husband. And she was like, this is my husband. He's a psychologist. He's the best psychologist in town. And I kept telling him to get rid of her. They didn't. I got on stage, and within two seconds, she goes, my husband's a psychologist. And I said, if you're such a good psychologist, why is she such a, you know, that word. And uh, there was the last time I think I've said it out loud where uh, I could just feel the audience just do this. Yeah. You just feel a hatred rolling towards me like the flames and backdraft. So well, I said to myself, I'm out. Well, if you listen really carefully, you heard Freud's ghost give you a standing O. So you went in that regard. In that yeah. No, he's a, he's a big fan of mine. <laughs> Freud's ghost follows me on Twitter. He's a good guy. Those are the quotes. Five fun facts. Five fun facts. Five fun facts for you right now. It's time for five fun more facts. Five fun facts for you right now. Director Sam Mendes' first choices for Carolyn and Lester were... Kevin Spacey and Annette Benning. Those were his two first-round draft picks that he nailed. Number two, American Beauty was partially inspired by Annie Fisher and Joey Buttafuoco. Wow. That's like, like the you know fourth funny? movie based on that uh, uh, attack. Yeah. I, I saw that fact, too, and just seeing those names immediately took me back to the 90s. Mm -hmm. it, like, it just, it was, it's two names that I haven't thought about in probably at least 25 years, and I was just immediately in, like, Jinko jeans again. 
Yeah, if you were a Stern fan around that time, oh, too, yeah. you, you heard lots from uh, Joey Buttafuoco's wife, I think, was on all the time. <laughs> she was, Mary Jo. And, uh, yeah, if, uh, if, if, if Joey Buttafuoco is not part of the Italian Our Father, I don't know who is. Yeah, he might be. You know, if they're looking for a, a replacement for Columbus Day. So, I mean, if the, the Italians, they could probably, It's he's less problematic than Columbus. So just a thought. <laughs> yeah. He didn't rape and pillage Indians. He just decided to slay some 16-year-old puss. But That's right. I mean, who hasn't? <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean they, feeds right into the movie we're talking well, about. That's what I mean. I mean, that's the whole with the plot of the movie. I'm sorry. Go on, guys. And then the next five fun fact is Thor Birch needed her parents' permission to do the topless scene because she was 17. Cool. Now, I just learned I've beat off to an underage girl, and all of you have as well. Now, see, that's interesting because Jay was just saying, I think, that, that, yeah. that those were not her boobs. I thought it was – my, my understanding was that they used computer ge- – like, not computer generated. But the reason why her head was like that is because they superimposed other boobs in there. Uh, but, not, I mean, not maybe not. Our, not according to our crack research team, me. All right. <laughs> Turning down the role of Angela was – Kirsten Dunst, she did not want to do it because, A, she was 15 at the time of filming, and B, openly admitted she did not want to kiss Kevin Spacey, which where I surmise Kevin Spacey said, woo, I did not not want to get gashed by her snaggletooth. Good for me. But just going oh, by more of an ew. Yeah. But just going by what I know about Kevin Spacey, he might have been into the fact that she didn't want it. Yeah. Right. But only if she had a dick. Right, yeah. Well. Yet another film to round out our five fun facts where the choreography scene is done by none other than Paula Abdul herself as she did the dancing for the high school cheerleaders in American Beauty. She was working behind the scenes constantly through the 90s. Listen, MC Scat Cat doesn't come without a price tag, and that price tag is earned through dancing in Coming to America, as well as this and countless other films in the 80s and 90s. Fun fact, I know the entire rap of MC Scat Cat, and no one will do it. Fun fact, this explains why you weren't getting pussy at that age. Not, not that I was knocking the doors down of labia minoras and majoras either. I'll be completely honest. That was not Kevin's uh, coming out into the world of, of vagina. Yeah, I think I was 14. There was Nobody was interested in me. Yeah. Well, that's why we're comedians. Right. Mm. <laughs> we just took all that frustrated horniness and turned it funny. Yeah. That's, well, it's why, like, that's why we all were masters at Ninja Turtles on Nintendo. That's right. Well, you know what happens is, like, you know, you're in eighth grade and, like, some uh, girl, like, just happens to mention she likes funny guys. And she meant, like, somebody who's silly on a date. And you heard, I should go to the, you know, the Alps and train with an elite group of warriors to become the funniest human being in the world. And then we come back at 22 and everybody's like, it's a little much. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, you know, we misunderstand a lot at that age. Uh, you're truth? funny on stage, but you're still socially awkward. Yeah. What, why are you still joking? This is a party. Why are you pulling your scrotum out of your pants and going, who put gum there? And you're 39. Yeah, well, that's a question for the judge, I would imagine. (laughs) Enough horseplay, enough general tomfoolery and general shenanigans. It is now time, Kevin Israel, for Jay Black to do what he and this was put on this earth to do. And that is Guts Guts the the Sacred sacred cow. 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 
I felt a part of that. Uh, so, okay. You know, if you want to do a breakdown of what this movie is at its core, this is a movie about a narcissistic supervillain named Kevin Spacey who ruins everybody's life that he touches until a vigilante superhero named Chris Cooper comes and shoots him at the end. And we all applauded that he was finally out of everybody's life. Every single person in this movie, with the possible exception of Thor Birch's character, Jane, is an insufferable narcissist. It, you could train an army of psychiatrists watching this film as nobody at any point ever understands outside of their perspective. They only live in the little bubble of their own perspective. From his wife, to the real estate king, to Kevin Spacey himself, our hero, whose entire arc is whether or not to bang an underage girl. That's the, this was a movie that DreamWorks spent $15 million in, two, in 1999 money on. And they said, oh, what's the story about? Oh, it's a beautiful story of a guy who wants to bang a girl who it's illegal to do that and psychologically damaging and terrible into crime, but he doesn't. Like that, well, yeah, here's the money. I've pitched a lot of movies in Hollywood. I never thought to make sex crimes the middle of the movie, right? So this is one of those movies where I just, I, I feel like the it fits under the general umbrella of what I call the suburban white guy ennui genre. And there's a million of these. It's all this John Updike bullshit that comes from the 50s. Like Revolutionary Road. Have you ever seen that movie? Yes, I have. I, here's the summation of that movie. Wah! I live in the suburbs. Wah! This is something our ancestors fought for their entire lives. They went to college. They put you through college. He had a writing job. He had a $60,000 a year job writing. And he was upset because he wanted, they wanted him to do a self-evaluation. And that was selling out to the man. What kind of 1970s horse shit is this? Right? And if you have a writing job, if you have a job in media, hold on to that job with dear life. Because that is a precious thing in this world that he gets to sit and write stories all the time and what's he want to do with his journalism degree let me be his mom for a second he wants to flip burgers and smoke pot that is not someone coming to terms with the beauty in life that's someone succumbing to the pain and misery of living in the suburbs and don't even get me started on the wife who by the way i don't know i you know alan ball wrote this and i know that he's got a uh, uh reputation for writing sensitive uh, characterizations of people that this is if you wanted to show misogyny in in a single uh, half hour scene, just string together every scene that uh, the wife is in. Just take every moment that she's in. She's a shrill harpy that has what at the end of the movie she was going to murder her husband, and and she didn't. Somebody else did, and she was sad. So I guess she went on a journey as well. And finally, the people that were the the boy, the love interest. Uh, this is something I call it the Heath Ledger syndrome, and we need to understand this, which is when you're a young person who is emotionally and socially stunted, you see something like this. The weirdo with the beanie and the, the Mormon outfit and the video camera filming everything that the girl does and then writing her name in fire in the backyard. That's only charming if you look like that kid. Right at that moment in uh, Ten Things I Hate About You, when Heath Ledger comes out and says, "Can't take my eyes off of you," why the band plays and Julia Stiles is like, "Oh, I'm so attracted to him." That doesn't work for everybody at this table. 
You understand? If you do it, it's a restraining order. But if that kid does it, oh, it's, it's okay. This, this movie perpetuates that idea, and that's something we need to stop. Showing girls falling in love with losers because they're creepy stalkers does more damage than every murder in every movie, including RoboCop. So you put all that together, and you get to the end of this movie, and you have this horse shit that comes out of Kevin Spacey, which is, there's so much beauty, my heart is about to well up and explode. So where's the beauty? There's the the murderous uh, colonel who uh, is secretly gay and gay bashes his son and murders you. You have the creepo who wants to have uh, take your daughter away to New York City. You have your shrill harpy wife who's having sex with the real estate king in New York or of uh, upstate New York. You've got uh, your your uh, entire arc yourself is having sex with Angela. And you see beauty in this world. I see nothing but fetid black bile belching out of an asshole. That's what I see. So, I don't understand why this movie... Well, I do understand why this movie got the Academy Award because all the people in Hollywood are middle-aged white men. All the people in power in Hollywood are middle-aged white men who hate their lives because they had the audacity to get married and have children. So they see something like this and they fantasize about giving it all up. You don't give up suburbia. You earn suburbia. And I'm tired of middle-aged men saying opposite of that. This movie is horseshit. The people who like it are horseshit. It should be cut from the entire existence of this multiverse. Thank you. I'm done. That was all in one breath. Yes, yes. Well, I, I'm drinking uh, an energy drink. <laughs> you sure it's not four loco? <laughs> yeah, no, no. They've uh, uh, they, that's off the market, right? You can't get four loco like the no, real four. Loco. No, I think you can still get it. Besides, oh, I thought it was. I thought it was banned. No, I, I thought so too. I didn't. I don't know. For some reason, I thought they might it's have come out the- with like a, a, a toned down version. Yeah, you used to be able to buy Sudafed at 7-Eleven, and then they were like, oh, no, there's too many meth heads buying the Sudafed. So they uh, they switched it to Sudafed, and it was just like little red sugar pills, essentially. So that might be the four local equivalent. I don't know. How else are going to keep all those uh, jugglos wired if they don't have the, if they run out of Fago? I mean, what's the backup plan going to be for the gathering of the jugglos? I, I would I would I would imagine fake four locos where they're gonna go. <laughs> so on so on Canal Street, fucking four loco. That's golden. Yeah. Kevin Israel, I think I'll go first with my notes. Knock yourself out. These I notes, like spots. You're, gonna say, you're yeah. gonna say everything that I have written down. I can feel that happening already. So this is gonna be a short episode. I don't think it will be. We'll see. But before we get into it, don't forget guttingthesacredcow.com where you can get some pretty fucking cool shirts like this for what I'm wearing right now. Guttingthesacredcow.com for blogs, for mugs, just to see our beautiful, handsome faces for the love of Christ. I mean, what more do you want? We're not in- <laughs> I was going to make another another awful improv people are ugly joke, but I'm going to refrain because it's obvious. One episode without it was nice. <laughs> GTSC Podcast on Twitter. If you have not yet done so, please, for the love of Christ, a two to three sentence review on your podcast platform of choice with a five star rating. Notes. Who would have thought Annette Benning would have been the the one to get Warren Beatty off the pussy carousel? He goes from making Madonna a lovesick puppy dog to a woman who looks like she's the head of the PTA. The Ur Karen. <laughs> How many guys do we all know that live Lester's lifestyle? Answer plenty. How 
how saddening is it that Kevin Spacey's character is two years younger than Kevin Israel and I, but looks way older than we do? And that exact, exact line. I thought, <laughs> I, I, again, 75 whatever episodes we're in, we share a fucking brain. The creepy neighbor, and he went on to start Bang Bus. That's the narrative that we're going for, right? The creepy neighbor starting Bang Bus, right? <laughs> If Peter Gallagher and Eugene Levy were to mix sperm and knock someone up, that kid would come out with Chewbacca's as eyebrows. <laughs> Mina Suvari had to have been the eighth choice as the hot chick in school. She looks like a goddamn alien to me. Uh-oh. Pizza's here. Spacey missing the Bond Marathon for his daughter's cheerleading competition is suspect. I have a question. Was it a Connery Marathon or a Roger Moore Marathon? Because if it's a Roger Moore Marathon, you bet your ass you should be there for your kid. But if it's Sean Connery, tell your wife leave when diamonds are forever or never say never. Start. Then that's your out. The best acting indeed is Kevin Spacey in this film by a landslide. Uh, his ability to hold back vomit while Mina Suvari strips in front of him, that took some amazing Meisner techniques. I've said it before and I'll say it again. Chris Cooper looks like Sebulba from Star Wars Episode One. I dislike him in every single film he's been in. I do not like Chris Cooper. Everything about him is just disconcerting to me. Not a fan. Creepy Neighbor in 1999, Persistent. 2021, labeled a sex pest, and articles written about him in Jezebel and Vulture. <laughs> He's a stand-up comic who's banned from every club in New York. <laughs> Early Lester has the personality of a second-year comic that lives in Bushwick. <laughs> I knew that I'd get the comedians here on the stage laughing. Annette Benning's character is indeed a raging cunt. I wrote that down. Yes. How does Lester not start tapping out at at least two years ago? But at the same point, I truly do not respect dudes who won't stand up to their wives. Let's put this movie on the Mount Rushmore of movies where black people say, fucking white people. <laughs> This movie dispels the rumors that when girls have sleepovers, it's not bra and panties pillow fights. Thor Birch is playing a Game Boy, and nothing got me hotter than seeing that. Hmm, that's fair. You know, when I work out, guys, it's in my garage with dumbbells and no pants. Or, or when you're wearing pants, it's suit pants for some right, reason. Right. <laughs> Never sweatpants. By the way, let's add up those dumbbells that Spacey was lifting, and that is, is his ideal weight for his twink lovers. Whoa. <laughs> 70 pounds. Beating off in bed wearing pajamas underneath two blankets and near uh, no nearby cleanup materials is a fool's errand. This is like running a Tough mutter in a tuxedo. Who one's up is Apache Chief leaving now? Imhotep. <laughs> yeah. Only real estate douche nozzles give themselves royal titles, especially making their sexual partners call out said title during sexual romps. If I'm Jane watching that video of a plastic bag in the wind, I can only assume that's one of two things. A, that's the bag he puts over his head while jerking off, or B, puts that bag over my face while choking me and then dragging my carcass to his trunk. But, by the way, I can't get my wife to watch Citizen Kane with me. 
This kid lets gets Thor Birch to sit and watch a bag for a half hour. I mean, good on him, but I, my, my wife won't watch. I have a movie that I wrote that is currently in rough cut form. I'm supposed to watch it tonight. Guarantee you she will fall asleep eight minutes in. But, hey, there was about to be a snowstorm, so it was symbolic. Oh, right. Yeah, no. I get it. Rosebud. <laughs> just whisper that in her ear. She's like, what? Goes, That's just me asking for anal sex tonight. Okay. Wow. A 42-year-old man making 65000 in corporate America is sad. I'm sorry. I'm going to sound like a snobby asshole. Sixty-five grand when you're 42 years old in corporate America is way fucking low. Coming from someone who works in corporate America, I'd be like, you know what? It's time to cut bait. And you know what? Go work on a fast food job and be happy for the rest of your life. Because in 99, that's probably six figures today, though, right? No. No? Eh. Right here, I'll check while you're going. <laughs> Funny, I did not do as much. Yeah. I did not do as much naked interviewing when I had a camcorder and a lady in my presence because I was too busy doing my own Pam Anderson, Tommy Lee recreation, sans the yacht and 13-inch dong. <laughs> One of the unsung victims in this film is Ricky's mom in a mental or, or drug-induced jail. What a poor soul that was. You had to feel bad for her. Allison Janney, who's a great actress, was so wasted in that movie. I know. <laughs> All right, boys. Uh, 94,000. Aha, uh-huh. see? Told you no. Told you Just no. under six. See, that's sad. We're working all those hours. Fuck that. When Kevin, when, when, uh... When Lust, oh, wait, wait, I'm sorry. Who am I brushing? Okay, when Lacey started, what did I say? Oh, Spacey, typo. When Spacey started brushing Mina Suvari's cheek, be honest. We were all waiting for Chris Hansen to turn the light on and go, so what are you doing here? Yeah, that was as close to a horror movie as I've ever seen. Like, I, just, I was just like, the whole time I was like, don't, just stop. I, <laughs> I, I just wanted to go into the screen and t- it was the worst it was the hardest thing to watch in a long time. More than eight millimeter. More than if I were George C. Scott in that meme, I'd be happier seeing the uh, the videos that my daughter made than watching uh, Kevin Spacey with Mira Sorvino. Or not Mira Sorvino, Mari Mina Suvari. I misspoke. Right. Yeah. You know when Chris Cooper kissed Kevin Spacey. Kevin Spacey said, not bad, but you're about 40 years past my cutoff. <laughs> I am not at a loss for Kevin Spacey pedophile jokes, folks. Never will. Never have. Never will be. That being said, I saw this in the theater. Twice. I own this film. I haven't watched it in a while. I've skipped past this a million times. I fucking like this film. I know. Jay, you've made you've made your arguments make do make sense. I'm not going to discount them. I think the story is great. Yes, it's cringy. Yes, it's dark. Yes, it shows the inner workings of just because you've made it by making it to suburbia doesn't mean it's all fucking puppy dogs and ice cream. I like the twist with the neighbors shooting him in the in the uh, in the end. I did. This was the best picture of the year by far because if you saw what was out there at the time, cider house rules and other bullshit like that. Nope. Kevin Spacey deserved this Oscar. I enjoyed this film. I like it. What is it? Is it Kevin? Is it past remote test? Jay, the answer. The remote test is this: If ever you stumble upon it at any juncture on the cable channel, do you immediately stop and watch it? The answer is no. But I still enjoy it. I like this film. Seven and a half. All right. Oh, seven and a half. Sorry. Jay, did we ask? Did we ask Jay what number he gives? We did not. Jay, give me a one to ten score. So okay, uh, I, just real fast, I have to say. Just like Bill Cosby's stand-up, 
it annoys me how much I enjoy Kevin Spacey on screen. Right. Regardless of the fact that the guy's a creep is maybe it's because narcissists do draw you in. Like like dark triad evil men, you just want to like you lean in for it. But uh, the guy is watchable in this movie. He's a horrible human being, but he's watchable in this movie. So for that, I would have given it a three and a half, but because of Spacey, I'll kick it up to a four. How generous and magnanimous! Fair, it's <laughs> fair. Kevin, Kevin Israel, the floor is yours. Hey gang, we here on the show often use the expression "that doesn't happen." You know how we can say that with such confidence? Because we have an actual fucking scientist sponsoring this show. That's right. Mr. A.M. Compson is our new sponsor, and he's helping spread scientific knowledge with his new lecture series. Are you a nerd who thinks school is too tough? Go to A.M. Compson to find books on a wide range of science and mathematics topics. That's university-level teaching at a fraction of the cost. Are you a tough guy who thinks school is for nerds? Then go to A.M. Compson and pick up the night school version of these books, which has the same exact information condensed with punchlines and swearing. New material every few weeks. It's like OnlyFans, but their fathers are actually proud of them. So go to amcompson.com today to start learning science. That's amcompson.com. I never really understood jerking off in the shower. It just never made any sense. Really? Dry. It's dry. I cut. Oh no no no! I am quite the fan. Saves on cleanup and also uh, being a door a door kicked in. Something about the heat and the moisture. I just don't. It's it's the last. And I even sex in the shower. People would always talk about sex. Well, that's not good. In the shower, I think twice. And one time, I almost passed out. I, I did too. I have one. I did too. I don't get it. It doesn't. I don't. When I'm in the shower, I don't. I I I'm never aroused. I don't feel. Like, I feel like I'm there to clean my... It's just not yeah. sexy no, it's, for me. it's business time. It's not <laughs> pleasure time. Oh, and if you anything, got... it's relaxing. Like, I like to relax in the shower. I don't want to sit there and have to stand up and work and try not to fall down. It's too much. It's too much. Um, but I get it. He wasn't getting laid, so he had to jerk off somewhere in private, and it was a shower. Wait, can, can I just jump in real fast? You said it deserved to win. Let me just give you the nominees for 2000. American Beauty winner. Cider House Rules, I'd throw that away. Right. Green Mile, better movie than American Beauty. No. The Insider, much better movie. I than, saw I saw it. I American was Beauty. I saw it once. I'm like, it's fine, and it's just all right, but I'll never watch it again. Six cents. Terrible. Awful. That's where I would have given my award for. Now you lost me, goddamn. I was giving you all the credit. You're gonna tell me a one trick pony like Six Sense deserves the best picture award? Shit. Hey, that movie is creepy and atmospheric, regardless of whether or not you have the twist ending coming. And what I'll say is, yeah, it did set up uh, uh, M Night Shyamalan for a career of trying to repeat the success, which kind of ruined him until he broke out of it. But there's a reason why they called him the next Hitchcock. Uh, and and Spielberg because of that atmosphere. Those long takes are wonderful. I think Six Sense should have won. Sorry, Kevin Israel, did not mean to step oh, on please, you. Please, I'm happy to be interrupted by you. Uh, Annette Benning has a haircut that says, "Get me the manager." Yeah. <laughs> I feel like she was the first one. She kicked off that "Get me the manager" haircut. Every woman saw that and was like, "That's I think what we should look like because mm-hmm. we can probably get yeah. fucked by." A- you're getting lo- your volume. Your volume's getting lower, buddy. You got to lean into it or turn it up. Yeah. Better? You're going to eat that mic, brother. Yeah. So, uh, okay. Um, crying and slapping yourself in, in the face is how I start every morning. <laughs> and I and I and if it's a real good morning, I call myself a baby just like she did. So I get it. Yeah. That's how I end every set. 
I can't watch anything with Kevin Spacey now without wondering whose dick he tried to grab on set and how many people said, just leave me alone. Remember Star 69 before everyone had caller ID? Yeah. Those were such innocent times. You could just call back and go, who was this? <laughs> yeah. That and three-way calling made the 90s for me. It was That was how I spent most of my time. I was either star 69ing somebody or calling somebody with someone else secretly on three-way and making them talk shit about the other person. <laughs> oh, guess who's on the call? Jimmy. And just ruining friendships. But, was, by the way, how sexualized were phone terms in the 90s? Yeah. Right? Star 69, three-way calling. I mean, it just feels like a lot of stuff that we wouldn't get close to for many, many, well, nobody, some nobody of us for our whole lives. Nobody at that board meeting of the phone company went, you know what, can we do Star 68? Because I think... <laughs> yeah. What is wrong with 76? It's our nation's bicentennial. That's right. <laughs> uh, you know there was one super white guy, like, how about Star 88? Like, all right, stop, slow down, school shooter. <laughs> Mr. Mr. Military was so upset about moving into a neighborhood with a gay couple. Today, a gay couple in your neighborhood increases the property, t- property values by 10%. Yeah. What's he bitching about? Yeah, it's already gentrified, pal. Relax. The, the heavy lifting's been done. Kevin Spacey's daughter definitely shops at Hot Topic all the time. Define foreshadowing. It's 1999, and Kevin Spacey's in the alley with a younger man. Yeah. <laughs> Winner. I didn't understand the symbol of the symbolism of the roses when I saw this movie in the theater 22 years ago, and I still don't. I feel like I'm stupid, and I just keep missing it. And then I did the research, and it turns out the roses don't mean anything. They just look nice. Are you serious? I thought it was, I thought it was because of her pussy for Amina Savari being a virgin. He Apparently, the, the bathtub scene, the famous bathtub scene, was originally just supposed to be her and water. And uh, he didn't. the director didn't like that. So he decided to add in roses to add depth to the picture. And that's where the roses came. Oh. By the way, those computer-generated roses that came out of her shirt in the uh, dream sequence, not since the blood in the last Star <laughs> Trek movie. Do you remember the floating blood in Undiscovered Country? That's what I thought happened. Yeah. I was like, did a Klingon just get shot? What's going on? The, uh, awful. Spend a little more DreamWorks. You could have paid for the uh, deluxe package. It was also the greatest denied boob shot ever. I remember watching that in the theater and being like, we're going to see her boobs. And then the flowers started flying out, and every guy in the theater went, God damn it. Yeah. But then we were, you know we, were, we were made whole later in the movie. Yeah. You have to pay extra for that uh, if you're with somebody to have the boobs uh, shoot roses at you. <laughs> I mean, that's actually a better trade-off. I mean, Mina Suvari doesn't look like she's packing Denise Richard titty. I mean, I think it's a nice kind of gag. You know, almost thing missing was like a, like a, a, a seltzer squirt and a, and a spinning bow tie from those titties. <laughs> like Kevin said, Peter Gallagher's eyebrows are threatening to run away with his face. <laughs> How nobody was ever like, you know what? Maybe you want to tone those bad boys down a little bit. Nah, this is going to be my thing. My eyebrows are my thing. I don't talk much during sex, but I'd like to think if I did, I'd say things like, you like getting nailed by the king? It's just a good way to go. Yeah. The, uh, the the love interest uh, room, I can't remember the kid's name. Uh, his room Danny. is what I imagine the rest of the ca- casting couch studio would look like. If they just <laughs> flip, the, flip the camera around. Right. This guy gets a girl by talking about death, videography, beauty, and a floating bag. I did it by spending hours in the gym and driving cool cars. We were probably going for different kind of girls. 
Speaking of pro cars, that Trans Am is completely my midlife crisis car. When he bought that car, I was like, yep, that's exactly where I would go. 100% a red Trans Am. I understand exactly where this guy's coming from. And the daughter saving up for a boob job? That's so 90s. If this was today, she'd be saving up for ass implants and swollen lips. Get with the times, chick. By, by the way, not to judge a woman's body. I don't, I don't feel like that's appropriate, but she didn't need them. No! Well, at least, I mean, assuming those were her breasts. Yeah, yeah. it just feels like they wrote the, the thing that she was looking for. And I don't know if it was supposed to be we're all supposed to go, you know, you're fine. Right? right? Like, uh, but it was confusing to me. It was confusing to me in 1999. It's confusing to me now. Just make it like I, I wanted a lip job or I wanted to get calf implants or something. I don't know. But, you know, or don't hire Thora Birch. Reverse the roles. Right. Make it uh, Muro Savavava. Make her be the one because then it, it doesn't make any sense. Right. I could even go one further. Instead of calling this American beauty, call it American beauties for Thora Birch's boobies. Am I right? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know if that fit on a marquee. But uh, no, it would be, it'd be like if like Robert De Niro was like, I want to get a uh, an operation to make me more Italian. Like you'd be, in the, you'd be in the theater going, I don't think he needs this. I'll be honest with you. I think he's doing all right. He's full up. Yeah. <laughs> and it was obviously written before they had her in mind. Yeah, but you could do a rewrite. Doesn't right. cost much to just take or take it out. Who knows? <laughs> that was probably something just overlooked. And when they said that line during filming, they were like, "No, oh, this doesn't make any sense." Yeah, it doesn't. Just keep going. <laughs> Perky B cups. I don't know. Maybe some gay people have a problem with it. Uh, maybe they will. No, those are good. Those are good boobs. Let's. Uh, yeah. Salute. Kevin Spacey catching his wife in through the drive-through with his uh, with the real estate king. Was the most satisfying. It was. It was honestly a, the most satisfying moment of this movie when he just sat there and she just looked so. That was a perfect scene, and it felt that felt like the justice everybody was waiting for in this movie. Honestly, the movie could have ended right there, and I think I would have been satisfied. But then it just kind of went on into a whole different place where I wasn't really comfortable going. Speaking of uncomfortable, I'm not sure who was more uncomfortable: me watching Kevin Spacey's character make out with a teenage girl. Or Kevin Spacey pretending to want to make out with a teenager. Yeah. Yep. And hey, I know I almost statutorily raped you, but here's a sandwich. Can I make you another? Nah, let's just hang out and talk about your life. I think that's a good way to go. So look, I saw this movie in the theater, and then I never, ever, ever thought about it again. I good actually move. forgot that it, it was as, uh, as lauded as it was. The, the This is one of those 90s movies that makes me feel that like weird emptiness at the end. Like I kind of missed something and uh, I should go find out, but I don't really care. It's like Donnie Darko. Like Donnie yeah. Darko was a, obviously goes a little further than this, but it was that same, like there's a meaning there. And I, and I feel like they're trying to make me feel stupid. And now, you know, Kevin, I gotta say, there's no meaning there. I taught high school English and this smells like a junior English poem. You know, like, uh, it's, I'm going to, I want to talk about what it's like to walk in the rain. And it, like, it looks like it's deep. And you, th every, all the stupid people in class go, oh, wow, that's really deep. There's nothing, it's shallow. There's nothing there. It's, and can I, I don't mean to interrupt you, no. but one other thing I need to say, this is going to be controversial to anybody who watches this movie. I was kind of on a net betting side. I I feel like she deserved a little happiness in her life and she wasn't going to get it from Lester. And I know they threw that scene in there where they were like, where's that girl that used to flash the helicopters going by? That Lester was kind of a loser. 
And I can understand why she'd be attracted to the real estate king. Lester, get your shit together. Start treating your wife with a little respect, and maybe you'll get some from someone of your own age. Uh, I, you know, not that I encourage the cheating, but I understand the cheating is what I'm saying. And I, I don't feel like Lester really deserved her. Sorry to say. Jay Black condones adultery. <laughs> That's not what I said. You said I understood it. Wait till your wife hears this episode. Oh, boy. So, Luckily, she will not be and, listening and Jay, to it. And, Jay, you're, you're right. I, I don't think there was. Apparently, this is a movie that's, like, taught in film class now. And there's tons of um, papers that have been written about it and what the symbolism of everything. And I don't think it, I don't think it was intended to be that deep of a movie because it's really mm-hmm. not. The, the 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 shining light in this movie is Kevin Spacey. He does yeah. an amazing job in this movie, and he does a great job going from like the Weasley nebbish to standing up for himself to being the kind of almost overly cocky, arrogant asshole. And then the 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 scene where he's about to have sex with her and realizes that she's just a kid, and he kind of backs up. Like he he encapsulated the whole journey that this guy goes on and did it really, really well. The movie itself, I'm not a huge fan of. Annette Bening was great as just a raving Karen. Like, she she was great. Um, but the, the the movie itself just felt like it wanted to be more than it was. And obviously, it, 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 it fooled the Academy. So, for me, it's it's okay. It's a movie I'll probably never watch again. Um, yeah. I'll definitely never watch it again unless my kid has to watch it for class or something. Then I can't imagine why I'd be watching it with them. But... It's a five. It's a five for me. It's fine. It's it didn't it didn't take me. You know, the best part about it for me was besides Kevin Spacey was just the, anything anything with the nineties. I'm such a product of the nineties. Anything with the nineties and nostalgia just takes me back. Seeing somebody with a beeper and, and, and I like how he picked up the beeper and he's like, oh, she left her geometry book and I've got to go get it from her. Really? Yeah. You got all that from a beep? Because yeah. the best thing you could do on a pager was boobs. And yeah. hell. That was the best you got. <laughs> boobs, hell, and 911. They had worked out a crazy acronym. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. Can, I, can I just say that, uh, that this is the green book, or green book of two, 1999. One of those Os- like Oscar Beatty, you know that this is what the Academy likes. And that's exactly right, Kevin. You said they fooled the Academy. This is them pulling... The Kevin Spacey scented wool over the eyes of the Academy, and I, uh, I, I, I think that if you did, had it all over to do again, they would not have chosen this movie. They would have come to their senses. Jay, I never wanted to know anything less than what Kevin Spacey scented wool smells like. Yeah, well, I, you know what? I was going to do a merch pitch at the end, but I guess that's out now. <laughs> See, I think Green Book was more of like a. Uh... That, that was an easier knee-jerk reaction for the Academy take. I think this one deserved on its own merits. You want to say Green Mile? Fine, but not Sixth Sense. I'm not going to. Good hurt. movie. Revisit oh, so it. Bad. You'll I, love it. We did. We I, did in this very podcast. Really? Tra- yeah. It is not good. Not good. Yeah, it's telegraphed eight ways till Sunday. Yeah, and I, and I called this in the theater in 99 when I saw it. It's not, if you're listening, not to be real. go listen to our Sixth Sense, uh, Sixth Sense podcast. Go listen to it right now. And pause this. Go listen to it and then come back to this. Now, good. Okay, they're back. Unpause. Yeah. You give it a what's that, Kevin? Would you give it a five? Five. We're all over the board here, huh? Yeah. All this right. is this is this might be the most mixed I've ever seen. Yeah. The panel. Critics five star reviews. Critics five star reviews. Critics five star reviews. Critics five star reviews. 
American Beauty wields its title like a double-edged sword, as profoundly and harsh and ironic assertion, excuse me, of misplaced values and wasted life on one side, but as a subtle statement of hope and kindness on the other. Hope and kindness? Not banging an underage girl is now in, in hope and kindness? What were our standards in 99? My God. We made her a sandwich, Jay. Yeah. A sandwich. They, they, and they, a root beer. I hope that the, the character that Mira Servino plays, whatever her name is, Moira, blah, 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 blah. I hope that she went on to get a job as a blogger uh, and she wrote a book about her experiences with a creepy next-door neighbor. And at the end, everybody goes, well, I'm glad he got shot. Like, that's what I hope happens in the American beauty-verse. So way, you're, a fan like- of, you're a fan of uh, Woody Allen as well, it sounds like. Oh yeah, no, no. That's uh, yeah. just in general. If if you if you feel that urge, like to to be with someone who's I don't know uh, illegal, uh, this is a, a pointer from me, Jay Black. Uh, don't. Thank you. The and the highly entertaining dark comedy comedy. Fuck out of here. American Beauty uses its cardboard characters very well. Yeah, well, I mean, except for the very well part, I agree. American Beauty is deeply disturbing, acerbically funny, brilliantly acted, breathtakingly original, and highly sophisticated. Breathtakingly original. This I, feel in- like the, I feel like the humor in the movie was happenstance. It wasn't this. This movie wasn't written to be a, a knee slapper. No. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm not laughing like Frank Drebin taking a piss with his microphone on. <laughs> you know what though? I do remember in the theater there being huge laughs. Right. I, I think because of the. The way the rest of the movie is designed, those laughs come as tension relievers. And like when you're watching it at home, you don't get that same feeling. Yeah. But like certain looks and and certain, especially the things that Kevin Spacey were doing, there were huge laughs in the theater. So I, I can see labeling it a comedy, albeit a bad one. I can't, I can't even give it that level. You can't say comedy. I can't see anyone calling this a fucking comedy or even a dark comedy, which is the shelter for being a lazy comedy. I can't fucking – I can't co-sign on that. Well, I, I guess if it's whether or not you wanted to get an easy uh, Golden Globe, you just say, <laughs> oh, it's a, it's a comedy. It's a yeah. drama. He Good threw the – for you. The Martian. Oh, yeah, exactly. Oh. He threw a plate against the wall and made everybody jump. Ha, ha, ha. That's a real fucking, you know – or I, I rule. Good for you. Yeah. This engrossing centerpiece meshes with subplots involving Burnham's this okay, I, I copy and paste. Involving Burnham's dysfunctional family and balanced neighbors in a virtuoso study of isolation, repression, and fulfillment. Mendez infuses the lush visuals and, ly- and lyrical script, what? With dramatic panache. Oh go fuck yourself. Uh, this he's had a thesaurus. This, this is why critics are all just major league queef bags. Title my stand-up album, I think I'm going to call that one. Major yeah. league queef bag. Yeah. I like it. Critics one-star reviews. Critics one-star reviews. Critics one-star reviews. As faux deep Oscar bait goes, American Beauty is as broad and predictable as an episode of Three's Company. Oh, by the way, yeah, Three's Company. That the rest of the the whole dramatic end of the movie rests on a Three's Company esque misunderstanding because of the window placement 
of the room and him leaning over to roll a joint, the dad goes, well, I must be filling in the blanks with my mind as to what's happening here and runs over to get some because he's secretly closeted. I mean, if I wrote that in a script for Lifetime, right, when I'm not doing this, I'm writing Lifetime movies, uh, I would get notes back going, come on, you can do better than this, let alone an Academy Award winning movie. How dare you? Well, right not in there. I'm nailing it. Oh, I know what's happening. Yeah. And you should write back, no, you're not better than this. You're a lifetime. The filmmakers' attacks on real estate agents, corporate America, and suburbia aren't as much shooting fish in a barrel as they are shooting fish in a shallow dish. Signed, Mr. Remax. Oh, well, okay. I thought a Dr. Seuss should have been actually put in there with the rhyming, but I went with Remax. It didn't hit as well. Notes. Thanks, guys. Yeah, yeah. Crippling broad with network sitcom beats dressed in R-rated threads endorses a particular adolescent male point of view. How about assholes? Maybe it's because this dude is telling a story, you dunce fuck. I don't even understand what that guy was trying to say. Nothing. He must be smarter than me. He was just trying to say that it's sexist, and that's him just trying to be a woke asshole, right? I'm just going to say this. As a woke asshole, it is a sexist movie. It very much is. We only Bye. see the th- we only see it from Kevin Spacey's point of view. Just take a second and walk out of that. What did the guy do? He had a sexual awakening because of a seventeen-year-old girl that he wanted to bang, and because of that, and because they wanted him to do a self-evaluation at his job, he walks away from his job. Now he does blackmail a year's worth of pay. Right, but he comes home. His awakening and standing up for himself with his wife involves violently throwing something against a wall, and uh, you know, telling her that she never listens to him. Uh, he gets mad at her because they're about to have sex, and she says, "You know, you're about to spill beer there," and that's oh, a big offense. Okay, yeah, I wouldn't want to spill beer either. But you put all that together, it's a bunch of aggrieved white guy bullshit. And if you just for a second take a step back and go, wait a second, is this really a, you put it all together, is it really a lot that you're dealing with, Kevin Spacey, or are you just whiny because you don't have the car that you want? I think he's whiny because he doesn't have the car that he wants, and if he just opened himself up, talked to his daughter, talked to his wife, and didn't go on this self-centered, narcissistic journey, at the end, he might not be dead, he might be on a tilt to world with his family. That's all I'm saying. Jay, can you call my wife and tell her that I should be able to get my 69 Trans Am then? I'll talk to her, Kevin. I don't know if it'll work, but I'll talk to her. But here's the thing. This is his story. They're not Pulp Fiction this and telling this from three different angles. This is his story. So if his version is of uh, being a narcissist, that's his view. So I don't understand the knock on, hey, well, if it's narcissistic. Well, it's his view. Of course it's narcissistic. It's his view. But you. then you can have the other ones tell their fucking story from their viewpoint, but it'll have been a whole different fucking movie. And then we could have seen, is he narcissistic or is he right? We don't know. But again, this is his tale and his point of view. That's that. I'm not, I'm not letting that. I, don't, I just don't think it's narcissistic in that sense. Well, I, I if just if you think about it, though, what the movie is telling us is that he dies. And yes, he is narrating it, but I don't get the sense that he's an untrustworthy narrator because he's narrating from the afterlife, which I do think gives some sense to the idea that he has reached enlightenment and he's telling the story of enlightenment, which, by the way, I didn't see where the enlightenment came from. I guess making a sandwich after an aborted sex attack is enlightenment. But when, when you get down to it, we're trapped in his viewpoint. And his viewpoint is misogynistic, 
I think, therefore, the movie is. And I do think the movie does not treat women very well. Uh, and listen, if you want to make a movie about misogyny, that's fine. But I think it's wrong to uh, ignore the fact that this movie does not like women. Hmm. Amazon, oh, one more, sorry. It's like Norman Bates getting good advice from Mother. Yeah, well, I mean, another misogynistic movie, but a much better one. Yeah, this analogy should take an ad out on missed connections because I don't think that one flies. No. Amazon, five-star reviews. Five-star reviews. Amazon, five-star reviews. First off, let me say this. This is my first movie review ever. I've seen every, almost every movie on Prime. I even have HBO and Showtime channels. Like many others, I almost turned this movie off several times. I'm someone who's been objectified by older men and women. At first, I was disgusted by the content of it. I'll be the first to say that this show is, is not for everyone, but it's such a great and beautiful story. It shows the raw truth. It accurately displays challenges that teenagers and adults go through real life. It's suspenseful, and I'm thankful I finished. Yeah. I mean, listen, who among us has not had a neighbor shot because the, his other neighbor thought that he was gay and made a move and then he rebuffed him and then he went and got a gun and shot him after a failed sex attack on a, a young girl? I mean, I mean, that's just suburbia, man. I mean, that's you, just... would, you would think with Scott Bakula as his neighbor, he could have done a quantum leap and saved him in the afterlife and brought him back. Boom! By the way, I was so happy to see Scott Bakula. That guy makes everything better. Love Scott Bakula. Well, except for Unnecessary Roughness. That film's an egregious piece of shit. Oh, disagree! Oh, I, uh, Sinbad's best performance ever. And <laughs> Kathy Ireland making her film debut. <laughs> Welcome to football. Ooh. Yeah. Love it. I, sub I don't support this movie's worldview, but it is brilliantly scripted and acted. Flawlessly knits together sub several subplots into a magnificent whole. Movie hits every beat. I won't forget it when it was first released. Made an indelible and lasting impression. That's what indelible means, dummy. Lasting impression on me. Having only just revisited it after 20 years, and it stands the test of time. Ironic that Spacey plays the straight foil to Cooper's closeted Marine, eh? I'm like, what, did Kevin Spacey get blown to the hymn of the Marine Corps? Like, what the, how is, what's the parallel here, kids? Yeah. Hmm. A masterpiece, excuse me, mesmerizing and compassionate piece. By the way, Peter Gallagher has the greatest eyebrows in Hollywood. I say, yeah, if you like Orthodox Jews or Wizards beards on your face, then yes. Yeah. Why not both? Was compassionate. I don't know what, what was compassionate about this movie. I don't know either. That's uh, that was off because of the bag. He was very compassionate to the floating bag. <laughs> Love this movie with its dark humor, even if what's his name sexually accosted boys, etc. <laughs> what's his name, etc. That's the best. Part. You know, diddle boys raped him, etc. Kind of um, yada yada yada. This one up. <laughs> I'd like to. Uh, I would like to put my vote in for the first line of Kevin uh, Spacey's obituary to be that review. <laughs> Little boys, yada, 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 yada etc. I guess him and Brian Singer can share a headstone. Yeah, that could, that could be on it. That could be on his headstone. Here lies Kevin Spacey, little boys, etc. <laughs> Amazon one star reviews. Amazon one star reviews. It's time for Amazon one star reviews. Amazon one-star reviews. 
warning douchey soapbox alert who thinks their manifesto will get noticed in an Amazon review column. So you've been now forewarned. This movie is well shot and has great actors, but it's filled with exaggerated left-leaning stereotypes. Ah. Worse, it pushes the boundaries of child sex. The film is actually quite telling as these young actresses went off to do adult stuff like Spice, and then came the mounting charges against Spacey for his numerous sexual offenses. Then we have guys like Epstein, which we know now weren't conspiracy theories either. So it makes you wonder how much of this terrible pedal life Hollywood is involved that they flaunted it in our faces with movies like this one while it's all really going on. I would bet, I'm going to bet right now, $100 trillion and my pinky toe that that guy has posted an anti-vaccine Facebook meme in the last three months. I'm, and, I'm, I'm willing to take that bet, anybody. And his uh, Twitter picture is a QAnon logo. Right. Or, or an anime character, because a lot of those guys are into anime for some reason. I Can I throw why. a Dark Horse special at 250,000 odds to one, 250,000 one? Sure. He, he has it over under three and a half Rick and Morty t-shirts. Oh, yeah. I guess it depends on his age and his perceived sense of his own intelligence. So if he thinks he's smart, he's got them. If he doesn't, he does not. I don't care what age you are. It's That's the same group in my book. <laughs> yeah, it's that's one of the most embarrassing fandoms I belong to. Because I enjoy I, that show very much. And uh, you look at the people that, that like it. And you just want to stay in the closet about it. Like, I wish that there was, like, a support for people who are not assholes that like Rick and Morty. Uh, it would be nice, but I don't, I don't see it happening anytime soon. I couldn't get into it. I tried. I did a season and a half. I just it didn't grab me. Wasn't. I will say this. I never got into Rick and Morty, but there's that video on out there that's floated around where it's Rick and Morty reenacting this crazy lawsuit that actually happened. And it's it, they're actually just reading the transcript of the lawsuit. And it's fucking hysterical. Oh, that's great. Next one. So in this movie, Kevin Spacey tries to score with an underage girl. Go figure. Actually, he only comes in third place for the creepiest mo person in this movie. There's a real estate guy with jacked up eyebrows, and Ricky is morbidly weird. Hey, by the way, the king was not creepy. No. He was very suave, and he, uh, you know, his wife was gone out of the picture, and Annette Benning was ready to go. I don't I, listen. I don't fault the king for for taking that. And I think they, they, it was all right. You don't shit in another man's castle, Jay. Now I'm Jay, just saying, you know. <laughs> Jay Black endorses adultery. Yeah. Stop it. I that, feel like that's what episode seventy eight. Jay Black. <laughs> I I'm going to say I do not endorse it. I'm just saying I understand what happened there. That's this is all. this is the Chris Rock defense I'm hearing from you, Jay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I am not in favor of it, but I understand. If I could give this a minus five, I would. Foul language, horrible acting, and insipid. Two of the three are just laughable. Foul. It's rated R, you dumb dildos. This is not a fucking Pixar joint. Oh, my. There it is. This is a truly disturbing movie with no redeeming qualities whatsoever. I'm sure why I'm not sure why anyone would make a movie like this or why anyone would watch this. This is a dark, depressing movie that will make you feel worse having watched it. Sign Ghislaine Maxwell. Oh, wow. It's, I'm glad that she's able to post reviews from prison. That's nice. <laughs> Which Ex is also the name of the street Kevin Spacey lives on, Jizz Lane. Hey-oh! Wowza. 
expected entertainment from such an acclaimed movie instead of a bunch of dysfunctional people having all types of sex and featuring underage sex and nudity. And then, then there was more sex and fucking and sex and boning and titties. with their boners. Yes. So many boners. Someone is repressed big time. <laughs> My favorite one could not get into the movie. And I think that's because you did not have the golden ticket from Jack Slater from the last action hero movie, <laughs> dummy. And it was because he was 16 and he had, had to be 17 to watch a rated R movie. Here's all I'm saying. If you have the golden ticket from uh, from the Jack last Slater movie, hero, yeah. last action hero, and you use it on American Beauty, you deserve whatever's coming. <laughs> I hope Lester gets a hold of you. <laughs> what? By the way, Lester, Lester's a huge like Lester the molester. Like the, it's it's like if you're naming things with any kind of meaning, Lester, you don't do that without knowing on some level that you know you're you're tagging him as something creepy. I I, I honestly believe that. I've not met many Lesters that have earned a positive review from me. I'll be no. honest. That's I don't nice know how many I've actually met actually. Right. Kind of like Leon. I don't have anything to say I've positively about a Leon that I know. Never met a Lester. I had a teacher whose last name was Lester, but I don't think that counts. No, that it does not. Kevin Israel, did Jay Black gut the sacred cow? I agreed with a lot of what Jay said. I, in fact, I agreed with most of what Jay said. That uh... <laughs> here it comes. Here it comes. But you know what? I just, I still, there, this movie left me feeling a certain way that I still haven't come to terms with. I don't know what it is. It's, I, the only, the only word I can come up with, and I hate using it, is melancholy. I thought you say zeitgeist. Zeitgeist. <laughs> well, zeitgeist is a good one. No, no, no. Jay, that's Kevin's trigger word. He loses. Oh, really? When people in reviews go, shit. this movie represents the zeitgeist, the blah, blah, blah. It's just like, shut, just shut the fuck up. Well, here's all I'm going to say. I feel like there's a lot of melancholy in the zeitgeist right now. Yeah. Oh. You are I, doubling I, down, I, sir, and you're going to draw his ire. <laughs> I think this movie. I think this movie still stands up. It, it there's something there. I don't know if it's Kevin Spacey's performance or just the just the overall theme. I don't know that it. it I don't think it aged particularly well. I think just a lot of a lot of what happens in it. Pro you couldn't make this movie today. Wait, wait, wait. Why didn't it age well? This is, take the Kevin Spacey creepy the the molesting shit out of it for a minute. Just because I my my I think my point is that you couldn't make this movie today. Not that it didn't age well. That a lot of it I, I I feel like we've been so bombarded with certain things and certain themes over the last ten years that are you know politically correct and whatnot. That when I see like something happening like a a, a grown man about to ha have sex with a with a young girl, I'm just like, no, we're not supposed to do that. And so it just makes me feel like it's it's almost I don't know anachronistic. I I don't I don't know what it is and that's what my problem with this movie is it makes me feel something and i'm not comfortable with it and i just want to go like punch somebody in the face and be like i'm a man and then just kind of like the father did and then go make out with my next door neighbor mm. that's narcissistic <laughs> but so so no i don't think jay fully gutted this movie oh. I, think, I think the movie i think the movie stands um I, but I, I this movie's just such a five for me i just that's, that's what it, it is. It's just it's like, just right down the middle. Yeah, it's just it's just a, it's just a. You did an like admirable said, job. Don't take anything away from that. You did an admirable. Yeah, no, job. you did. I, you were great, and I I love angry rants about anything, but and yours was yours was a fantastic angry rant. But I just that's all I, I got. Kept. And, and you know what? Work it, own it. You have. But this, I, I don't know. I just I think the movie's the movie's going to stand up. People will continue to talk about it. I'll never watch it again. And 
uh, what's her name? Angela is the white Rihanna. Oh my god! <laughs> I've been meaning to say that this entire podcast, and I kept forgetting. <laughs> That's why I write this shit down. You mean Will Smith shouldn't just punch in the face and go, "Welcome to Earth"? I had it in my notes, and I skipped over it. The white, and I don't. Yeah, I agree. Rihanna, everyone's like, she's so hot. Now she looks like an alien. Not they a, both look. They both have the big forehead uh-huh. and the purple eyes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they're running polar opposite marathons of each other. Yeah. Jay Black, you're a joy, you're a delight. Again, tell the kind folks what you're up to. What do you got in the Hopper projects? Concerned? I got uh, your the, only I fans have, page. My, I have three movies coming out this year that I wrote. Um, I don't know when they're coming out, but follow me on Twitter, and I will tell everybody the day of. Hey, turn on this channel at this time, and you'll see my movie that I wrote. So, so Jay, Jay Black is funny. American Beauty 2, 3, and 4 are coming out soon. Can't I, I'm expanding. I'm actually doing mo- uh, movies in the American Beauty-verse. It's adjacent. <laughs> so, like, characters from American Beauty come into it, but, like, only in the after credits. It's it's uh, it's about Nick Fury is putting together a team of sex criminals. <laughs> and he's just traveling from movie to movie. And then in the last movie, they all fight together. I can't wait till that floating bag flies around, flies right next to Annette Bening's ear and whispers, Hail Hydra. <laughs> yeah, that's the big twist of American Beauty 3. Don't give it away. My goodness. Kevin Israel, how about the kind folks at home? Where can they find you? Uh, KevinIsrael.com. I have some shows coming up. Not a lot. I'll be at Foxwoods in Connecticut in, uh, in April at some point, but I can't remember the date right now because I'm terrible at doing this. Um, and uh, my album, The Struggle is Real, is available everywhere. But more importantly, like Kev said at the beginning, Go give us a review. Give us five stars. Say something nice about us. It matters. It helps the stupid algorithms that determine whether or not (laughs) we get tons of downloads or Kevin texts me and goes, we got three today, and it makes no sense, and I get angry, and then I break something. Poppycock. We haven't had three downloads in a day since the beginning of this podcast. I I get a very very sensitive, like, this is our baby. Fuck you. No. Exaggeration. Some people go, we got to help you. (laughs) It's 10. Thank you very much. We're doing fine. We are. We're better. As, the old, as Bill Cosby used to say before he's diddling, uh, well, actually, he was saying it probably while doing so, there's always room for Jello. KevinGoatee.com for all the dates. Uh, what, I don't know, not many, but they're, they're coming in eventually as well. Like Kevin Israel said, go to guttingthesacredcow.com every single day. GTSC podcast on Twitter. We're also on Facebook, Instagram. If you want a uh, sponsorship with us, if you want us to advertise your product, we're going to have two new ads in the next few weeks. Probably actually going to air on this one right now. Guttingthesacredcow at gmail.com. Write us. We'd be more than happy to work with you and build your brand and or product services up with that. But just drop us a line. But most importantly, we cannot thank you enough for being part of this fun, fantastic voyage as we slide, slide, slippity slide right on through the walls of greatness. As uh, Jadis did a nice eye roll, go, ooh, a Coolio reference. It's been 30 years. It's nice. One, two, three, four, everybody. (laughs) So thank you so much for getting the sacred cow. Jay Black, thanks for joining us, sir. We appreciate it. Thank uh, you, boys. Take care. Have a good one. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. 
As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, Information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C O R I E N T.com. Corient.com. Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16 ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% lean ground sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca Cola, Pepsi, or 7 Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.